Hey guys, and a welcome to Sounds Like NYC episode 70. Our next guest is a New York City native uh, singer-songwriter. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at Tess Elena Music. Please welcome Tess. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for know. coming on. What is Tess short for? It's actually just Tess. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I my last name is really long and weird, and I think my mom is like, let me give my daughter a short first name, so at least in that part of the attendance, mm-hmm. she won't feel so weird, you know? She's like, let me just make it Tess, make it short, one syllable, you know? Yeah, I was thinking Tessica. Yeah, you know what? My name is so short that people have to make a longer nickname. It's either Tessica, Tessie, Tessa, Tessala. <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> Everyone, or some people think it's referred to Teresa. But yeah. Oh, that Tess. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten that one a lot. They're like, Teresa? And I'm like, no, just Tess. <laughs> so, so how long have you been making music for? Um, so how long have I been making music for? I think that I've been creating music low key in my bedroom for a long time, but it took a lot of years for me to actually take the music outside of my bedroom and show it to people. Um, I've had, since I graduated college, I've had like a couple different career paths. Um, I've been doing the singer songwriter thing now for a year and a half. So not very long, but um i've always had a passion for music my dad is a musician and my mom also sings so music has always been like around me all the time Mm -hmm. um i think i only recently started taking it more seriously in the past year and a half and like actually going out and trying to show my music to people i've been songwriting in my bedroom with a guitar for like i don't know i want to say six years but only really going out to like open mics and and doing performances for the past couple years so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we, we were looking you up and we saw something weird like you were playing with the UN or something yeah so I so my degree in college was a women's studies degree um so I've always had a passion for women's rights and um intersectional feminism and I knew someone that uh, worked at the UN and they were doing some youth event mm. where they were going to bring people from all over the world to talk about um, women's rights. Yeah. And so they asked me to come write a song for the event. So the song I wrote is called uh, Consent is Sexy. <laughs> and I got to perform it in one of the big halls in, in, in the UN. And I had at that point never really done any performances before. So I was... Mm-hmm fully freaking out there was like I don't know 200 people and I was just like up there with my guitar like singing this song um but it was so much fun and it was uh definitely like launched a spark within me to be like you know what this is really freaking dope I should think mm-hmm. I should do this more you know so speaking that was of, a really awesome experience yeah speaking of which just yeah. like like do you think like you know being in New York City like has like kind of like uh Sorry, I can't speak right now, but do you think being in New York City or like being raised in New York City was kind of like the spark for you wanting to like pursue music? Like, do you think Mm. like the environment kind of like affected you and kind of like was a part of that spark of you wanting to do music or? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, growing up in New York City, I spent so much of my life on the subway. And I mean, growing up in New York City, you see incredible artists on the subway always performing and i think that the magic 
that New York City brings. And that's actually where I get my most inspiration is taking the subway and writing songs. Um, I always am songwriting on the subway. It's been a thing always for me. Um, Cause I live in Washington Heights. I grew up here and I used to commute to high school on the Upper West Side. So I take the subway like every day to school. And like, I'm just such a people watcher. It's like what I do. It's like how I take in the world. And so that's always been a huge inspiration for my songwriting as well as just life. I think that there's so much to, there's so many interesting characters in New York City. And that's what's so amazing about New York City is that like people are not afraid to flaunt their individuality here. And that's what makes it so freaking dope, you know? So how, how do you think like, what you call it? Like Washington Heights is different from like, you know. Other parts of the city. Yeah, like I. It is. deep. It's deep. I know people are like, damn girl, you can live all the way up there. Like for me, that would take like well, like an hour and a half to get over there. Yeah, dude, I, I know. No, it's far. It's far. It yeah. is. It and then when you get up here, you're like, is this still New York City? Because it's like kind of quiet and like residential up here. Like people are like surprised, you know. But it is very diverse. Like we have a huge like Hasidic community and like Dominican and Cuban and Puerto Rican. And then there's like a big Jewish community too. Lots of Irish and Italian. Like it's pretty diverse. Like a lot of parts of Brooklyn are as well, which is cool. Yeah. So like, I mean, what's like the most impressive kind of like performing artist or like, I guess like busker or like, you know, that sort of like, you know, artist that, that have you seen like, mm like on the subway or like just like out on the streets for sure um two actually come to mind i don't know the name of the one guy but he always is singing in the subway That's both of them sing yeah. um, <laughs> the guy the guy actually got famous off of like some um video that like went viral and i've definitely seen him like in the subway like so much it's like this older black gentleman oh i don't know what his name is but he was singing like some soulful song. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? That video? No, I, I thought you were talking about the guy that got a thing with Jimmy Fallon or something, but no. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know some dude. No, I remember that there was like a couple of like black dudes, like they like they got pretty like the ones who did like the, the Beatles. Like the Beatles cover, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen them before too. Oh yeah. You have, dude. I have, yeah. I've seen them before. Um they're super dope. Yeah. And yeah, I follow them on Instagram. I've, I've been following their journey. Um, there's another artist named Bart. Just um, it's Bart. <laughs> I think it's just Bart. I have to. Now I feel bad. I want to misquote him. <laughs> He's incredibly talented too, and he he always comes on with his guitar and like has a friend that like will play um, the trumpet. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what kind of music does he do? This Bardo Lomio. He's a musician and he's a singer and an arranger. I think he actually just moved out of New York City because of COVID stuff, but um, I know. Yeah, like, like people moving out of New yeah. York City. You know, this is what, this like, is the question of the sides if she's a true New Yorker or not. <laughs> because I have my own opinion. About I mean, where am I? I, I feel like I'm not gonna leave. Where am I gonna go? Somewhere better. Yeah, there. I said it. I'm sorry. Somewhere better. Okay. I think the only other place as a singer songwriter, because that is definitely, I feel like my number one skill set is songwriting. That I think really other only other city that really values singer songwriters, I think is like Nashville, but I'm not a big country artist. So mm. kind of makes me feel like, eh, I don't really know if I really want to be in that world. Yeah. Um, so New York city feels still like 
the best place to be yeah yeah speaking of that because like i feel like kind of like i mean because like new york has always been like a center of like you know music and stuff like that whether it's like rap and whatnot jazz and whatnot things like that and it used to be the case where i i feel like at least that like in like the early 2000s like like you know new york city was, was like definitely kind of like a hub or kind of like your like brand of music, whether it's like kind of like singer songwriter, acoustic, it's that sort of like folky kind mm-hmm. of like you know open mic bar music. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. even before COVID and stuff like that, obviously kind of like more of like the rap kind of like game has kind of like taken over city, and you know that's what like New York City these days when it comes to like people like you know our age, that's what we like really know, really know the city for. So like right. In the time that uh, you've been performing, like, yeah, so what is your perspective? What is, like, how do you see the kind of, like, open mic, you know, indie folk scene? Like, what is, like, your personal experience with, with, with that scene specifically and with, like, other artists within that scene? Like, do you think it's smaller than it was before or, like, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, I do feel like there is a sort of separation between the two genres in terms of performance. Um, I've done a couple shows where, <clears throat> excuse me, it's overlapped with like an artist like myself, which is definitely like the singer songwriter acoustic vibe. And then with a bunch of rappers all in the same like set, which is always, yeah. I kind of love when that happens. I'm not going to lie because I just feel like the audience for that type of show is always such a cool blend. And if I can really win those people over that are there to see rappers, then I really feel like I've, I've hit my mark on like success because I, I think that is what makes um, having a beautiful like blend of um, musicality at a show so, so dope in New York City. Um, but there is definitely like a separation of like indie folk music at like coffee shops, right? And that's like there's like its own genre of that that's separate separate from a lot of other um, other genres in the city. Um, in terms of it, whether or not it's been dying down for indie folk stuff, I think that it might not necessarily have has been dying down, but maybe with COVID now, a lot of the venues that I have performed at have been talking about how they might. One of them I already performed at is shut down, which wow. is a huge bummer. Yeah. And so I, that's something that I, that I do think with this new world that we're living in, a lot of those venues that do have the singer songwriter vibe and like encourage that type of artistry, they're, they're going to be the ones struggling because a lot of the venue, um, um, money, the revenue they would be getting in was from people coming to do shows and like bringing their friends and like having them buy drinks and all that stuff. So they're not, that's not really happening anymore. Like Arlene's Grocery, I don't know if you guys have heard of Arlene's Grocery, but oh, they, they're struggling so, right now. Yeah. Okay, but they're not like closed down yet, right? I mean, I all I know is that like, they're like really desperate for people to buy their merch and, and like comment, like, and I'm like, oh God, I hope you guys don't close because that venue is, is super yeah. awesome. And my high school actually used to have shows like that they would send some of the kids there to perform. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I got to perform there in high school, which was really cool. But yeah. Yeah, but their their sound system is great there too. Like the sound guy's been there for like thirty years. Like he's like it's like a true New York City spot, you know? It's like awesome. 
uh, yeah, hopefully this will close them because I have I a oh story about like a venue that I like kind of like that I was supposed to intern there, but then COVID mm-hmm. hit and that fell apart. So like, yeah, it's terrible seeing how like venues might have to like, you know, know. shut down and stuff like that. Yeah. Especially the underground, like smaller little venues that are like mom and pop kind of places. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a it's yeah. trying times for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's a shame. Yeah. How have you been adapting to like this whole new world that we're living in right now? Well, so as soon as everything shut down, since I'm like a server slash bartender, I both Ooh. my jobs were immediately eliminated as soon as like remember Cuomo shut everything down. I was like, okay, cool, unemployment. How am I gonna do this? <laughs> um, I mean, did you get um, unemployment checks at least? I did. I did get unemployment. Luckily, after like a month of trying them. Remember how crazy hard it was to get oh, through? Yeah, like, yeah. dude, I was a con like every day, couldn't get through. And then finally I got on hold and I was like, yes, this is going <laughs> to happen. But yeah, that, that was a little crazy trying to get unemployment. But yeah, in the very beginning of quarantine, I started doing this little like songwriting side hustle where I would, people would pay me and I'd write them like a one minute song and then put it on my Instagram. Yeah. So that was cool. I did like 30 songs, which was awesome. I made like over 500 bucks, which never expected it to be that many. Wow. Like, yeah. it, like, but I like for that first month of like quarantine, I was busy. Okay, I was like writing songs, making cute little videos, putting them online, and then after that, I, I was like, okay, I can't write any more songs for like a little while because it was a lot of songs that I like pumped out at that time. Um, so then it kind of plateaued my creativity because I also wasn't really doing anything. Like I wasn't taking the subway anywhere, which I get my inspiration from. Like I wasn't living like the normal life. Like we all weren't. So it kind of plateaued. Um, and then like went up a little bit. I wrote my tie dye song. And then after that, it kind of plateaued again. And I haven't really written any new stuff since because my creativity has been feeling a little blocked because of it. Okay. So. I mean, when was the last time you've, like, been on, like, the subway? When was the last time I've been on the subway? Probably last week. So my, my serving bartending job is literally a two-minute walk from my house. It couldn't be more oh. convenient. So I for a while, I wasn't taking the subway that much unless I was going downtown to, like, see a friend or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so the subway riding hasn't been a constant as it used to be. So With tie Day, did you write that? During you, I mean, you, you shot that during quarantine, right? I did. I just that went was, to the park yeah. and like filmed myself throwing paint on myself. Yeah. I was looks like people are just like this crazy. Lady. Oh, I can't tell you. I mean, we're like, what in the hell is that chick doing? <laughs> Wait, so you did that video all by yourself? I had a I had a friend at the time um, helping me like throw paint on me but oh, i just you. honestly set up my tripod in like mm-hmm. multiple locations and would just like refilm it so i could cut it to have different angles yeah, yeah no it was because i and it was right in a park that has like a loop so people were just like running <laughs> climbing. Well, this girl has rubber bands all over herself and now she has paint all over herself yeah it's a it's a goofy song because i was like i don't even know what to write about this world is, is so fucked up i'm like what do we have in i mean i don't even know so that's why that silly song came out I don't know. Yeah, but it's a good silly song. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun one. Yeah, now I have. I ordered all this tie-dye merch that I've been making tie-dye for people, what? like hoodies and sweatshirts, and it's 
I'm kept kept busy, man. I had to order more tie dye so I could make more. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny how you're like. I mean, it's definitely kind of like a classic New Yorker thing, but you're definitely on that like hustle. Like you didn't allow, you know, Corona to kind of like stop you. Like you're exactly songwriting, yeah. and now you're doing merch and stuff like that. I mean, it's true. Like, yeah, no, I, I'm so, also a restless person, but it is the New York City hustle in me that is forever ingrained. Like I always got to be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any new music coming out? So I actually do have a new single that I'm going to be releasing within the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Warning Label. And it was a another quarantine project that happened where I recorded the vocals and guitar in my bedroom, sent it to my bass player who recorded the bass in his bedroom and then a drummer in his bedroom. We sent it all together to get mixed and mastered and I just received it back. Um, and I'm super stoked. I wrote it a couple of years ago, but it was my first time really familiarizing myself with Pro Tools as well. So I'm feeling more um, standard. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. for sure. So that was a it was an awesome quarantine pandemic project that has come to fruition. So I'm very excited to release it in the next month or so. You mean awesome? Next couple of days. The next couple of days it will be released. Yep. Oh. <laughs> play right, it. Play it. Boop. So, uh, hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Um, You've just listened to Warning Label. And yeah, do you mind talking about kind of like the significance of the song and um, what it means to you or like the process? Like, do you want to dive dive into the process of like having everybody recorded separately and just, you know? That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely... um an interesting experience. I think that because at the beginning of the pandemic, I sort of got Pro Tools. I'm like, all right, I'm going to teach myself how to use this enough that I can make demos of my music. And then I thought to myself, well, I have a microphone to record the guitar and for the voice, so I might as well see if we can record this. So all you have to do when you're recording in separate locations is have the right BPM. So the count is on the same exact mark for all, all the musicians. So once you have that, you can just send it to any any musician and they'll be able to play right in time with you on the same track it's like you just layer it on and then it's done so it's actually not that hard it's just sometimes sometimes there's a vibe that's created when all the musicians are in the same exact room and it's recorded in that way it's like a different energy but i think it's turned out great considering we were it was my first time ever really recording something alone um, in my bedroom and it sounds super professional because when you get it mixed and mastered it like elevates the sound like yeah, level, which is really really dope which is really cool Speaking, um, oh yeah sorry yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. oh no um so yeah do you want to talk more about the lyrical content of yeah of winning label so the song itself um is inspired by some of uh the romantic relationships i've had in my life and i think that sometimes I struggle having long-term romantic relationships. And I think that the older I get, the more I, you, the more you self-evaluate and think about your own life and think about how you're, what things are working, what things aren't working. At least I am, I don't know if everybody does that, but I'm always like self-evaluating 
how I am in my life. And um, I started noticing a trend in my romantic relationships. And so the warning label is sort of a metaphor for saying, hey, I know that I'm very outgoing and I seem very carefree, which I am. But sometimes it's very hard for me to feel wooed by a guy and like want to be fully in, into the relationship in a long-term kind of way. And so it's kind of like a metaphor being like, hey, I'm going to be totally honest with you about how I feel. And I might not be totally in love with you, but you should just be warned that like, this might not last very long term, if that makes any sense. That's like a very profound, like a very high level of like self-awareness. Because there's probably more people than not that don't reach that level of like self-awareness. Or they just don't admit it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. I, I really want my music to be something that people can relate to emotionally i think that being vulnerable has always been a fear of mine so that's being a singer songwriter you're constantly being vulnerable because all of your lyrics are your own and it's all about how you feel and like what you give out to the world and i think that people are are honestly yearning for that type of connection with people and like that openness and vulnerability and i think that that's also another reason why I wrote the song because I, it doesn't really paint me in the nicest light, but it's also a part of who I am. So I kind of have to own it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's like a really great thing. Yeah. I you know? Yeah. I definitely appreciate. Ooh, that's interesting. I definitely appreciate the lights turning off. Yeah. I think we got a fun thingy. Where's the sensor? I don't know. We have the movie. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So like speaking of kind of like, working with your band to like record everything separately and stuff like that so like was it hard finding kind of like your current band setup and like how much do they affect kind of like your uh, songwriting so at this point in the game um when we have so like the backyard show that i just did in ridgewood um we had a rehearsal beforehand and usually when we have rehearsals we'll when we play all the songs live together, we'll all give input on um, what ways we can elevate the song, whether it be a certain strumming pattern or a type of drum beat that would really fit the song that I might not think of that they would totally, I, I welcome all input for that. Um, in terms of actual songwriting, like meat of it, that for the most part is still me, like the lyrics are, are always me, but in terms of how we actually present it and perform it, my bassist and my drummer definitely um, will present ideas and usually they're great and then we go with it and we do it. And like, that's that's usually what the collaboration entails for the most part. Um, my bassist has dabbled in songwriting as well. My drummer, not so much. So my bassist and I have started working a little bit on some songs together, but nothing that we've completed yet, so. Yes, tell us a little bit more about like those uh, backyard shows. Like how long have you been doing them for? So, because of the pandemic, I tried to think of what things I could do as a singer-songwriter that were outside and still safe um, and make people feel like they could come and listen. Um, and because he has that amazing backyard, we were like, oh, we should just do one in the backyard. That would be a great spot to do. We've only done one, but I'm thinking that we should do another one. It was, very, it was a big success. Um, another part of me wants to just go to the park and, like, plug in some amps and do it there. But I know that in the park, you have permits, but I don't really know if people are serious about that. I kind of want to just show up and do it. I feel like no one's really going to care. You know what I mean? 
I mean, I think you only need permits if like you're using the app, right? So that's what it is. You need, but then I'm like, I guess I, I, we could do like an acoustic version where we just show up and play, and then because a lot of like jazz musicians will do that because you don't you don't need a permit for that. They just show up with their like saxophone and stuff. Yeah, you can't put permits on jazz. It's jazz. It has no rules. Right, baby. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, up until now, what's been kind of like your what's what's been the song of yours that you like really like the most like um yeah so like what's been the most favorite song that uh, you have personally written oh wow that's a good question um well the song warning label is actually one of my favorites i think that it's definitely one of the tracks where i've been the most vulnerable mm-hmm. and it still has like a little sassy to it that I feel like is rings true to who I am a bit. So I feel like it's both vulnerable and kind of, um, I don't know if sassy is the right word. I feel like because of my roots of my women's studies degree, it's made me want to have sort of like this light shining on all of my songs that encourage female empowerment, encourage um, individuality of women to be their most vulnerable and true selves all the time. And I think that that song encompasses a lot of my both my passions and that like that world but then also coupled with the vulnerability so i think warning label might actually be my favorite track so Good to know yeah i know i'm excited so i'm so pumped to release it it's gonna be so dope you have released it or i guess you will release it. <laughs> i will release it in the next day couple days <laughs> <laughs> so like I guess the question we always ask everyone, but I guess it'd be a little different for you because you were born here. Like, how do you feel that New York City has changed you as a person? Um, I think it's made me who I am today. I mean, I think that's like such a defining characteristic of everyone that grows up. I, I, I think that I wouldn't be, we learned so much from some, such a young age growing up here about different cultures, and identities and race and like everything that if I was growing up anywhere else, I wouldn't be exposed to. And for that, I'm so freaking grateful and blessed for that. Like, I just feel like every time, cause I have family that are not from New York city that are from Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And it's just, Ew. Ew. it's just, it's so hard to explain other than you just learn so much more growing up in New York city. And I feel so lucky. I mean, when I went to college, which was like outside of New York City, I was like, all these people just don't get it. That's literally what I thought. What's <laughs> true? Yeah, so I was like, being, you know what I mean? yeah. No, definitely. It was, it was such an adjustment. I was like, what in the hell is this bullshit? Because I just felt like everyone, a lot of the guys were douchey and like bro y, which yeah. like in New York City, we don't really have that problem that much i mean at least in my schools like i like guys and girls were all friends like there was no issues but when i got to college like all these dudes like didn't know how to converse around girls without being like blackout drunk and i was like what is this fucking bullshit on my mind we were fucking all obviously we grew up really young here we're drinking at like 14 or whatever but like we all like could hang out and it was no issue like we just like matured a lot younger Mm-hmm. than people outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. And so like it shaped me in such a way that I feel like I understand 
um, how to not be an asshole, but also be super individualistic and driven and just like take no shit, you know? Gotcha. Well, uh, what do you, what do you want to leave with? What do I want to leave with? Um, I want to leave it with that artists, I think are some of the most important people in our country. And I think that they need to be uplifted all the time. So I feel like this podcast is such a wonderful way to do that and like lift up artists because it's so important. And I think that artists make the world go around. I mean, we really do. Like we get, we get, we help people get through the craziest times in their lives. Like we just do. So I think that people that want to uplift artists and like make sure that they're still heard, especially during a time where the arts feel like they're kind of dwindling, um, is so important. So kudos to you guys and let's just keep up with the artists, you know? Well, like kudos to you too for like, you know, hustling. Being an artist. Yeah. yeah. That's tougher than what we're doing. you can, yeah. <laughs> I got to do it, man. It's just, it's, it's in my blood. I have to do it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. We really yeah, thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.